But can, can we talk about something today that sometimes gets missed during Christmas? And that is that Christmas is a time for miracles. Christmas has always been a time when miracles take place. From the beginning of time, that first Christmas, to today, Christmas has always been a season when more miracles, they just tend to take place. Maybe it's our expectation. Maybe it's our faith. Maybe it's that we're filled with more love instead of judgment. Maybe it's that we overwhelmed with gratitude. I don't know, but Christmas has always been a time for miracles. In fact, there was a time about 105 years ago when a miracle took place. 105 years ago, there was a man named Franz Ferdinand who was assassinated. That's not a miracle. But he was assassinated in 1914, and within days, one nation after the other began to declare war in response to this assassination. It created a ripple effect. It was the catalyst that led us to the beginning of World War I. And in World War I, nations were engaged in this bitter conflict for over four years. And it just so happens that World War I began, and then about six months into it was the first Christmas during the war. And the unthinkable happened. Some men walked out onto the battlefield, and they laid down their weapons, and they declared a Christmas truce. They said, it's Christmas. Now, some say it's because they, they all love Jesus, and they wanted to celebrate the birth of their Savior. I think that's probably true for a lot of them. There was Christian nations involved. But I think Christmas is just a time when people want good things to happen. Can I get an amen on that? We expect a little bit more for good things to happen. And they walked out on this battlefield and they said, today is the day we're not going to fight. We're not going to do battle. And so they laid their weapons down. And not only did they lay their weapons down, but they began to interact with the opposing troops. And they began to walk out and look Men, eye to eye on the battlefield, they walked out into what they called no man's land on the battlefront, on the western front. And they shared meals together. They broke bread together. Uh, There were stories told even of, of men exchanging gifts, little tokens of gifts. Like, hey, I like your buttons on your uniform. And he said, I like yours. And they clipped them off their uniform and gave them to each other. They exchanged gifts with soldiers from the other side. And they looked each other in the eye. They played out in no man's land. There were stories written of, or accounts written of, they played soccer. They called it football, but they played soccer. Out in, can you imagine this? Right out in the middle of the battlefield, six months in, these men were bitter and the countries were in an enmity and there was so much to fight over. But on Christmas Day, it all changed. And there was a Christmas truce. And they stepped back and they said, not today. In fact, that Christmas truce, it wasn't just a few men. Over 100,000 soldiers from both sides participated in this Christmas truce. Some of them didn't end just on Christmas Day. It continued on right up to New Year's because here's what happened. That Christmas changed the soldiers. That's what history records because once they stepped out there and looked each other eye to eye, No longer was their enemy nameless and faceless. 
they saw a human. And after the battle resumed, after Christmas or New Year's in some places, literally commanding officers had to transfer troops to different fronts because they wouldn't pull the trigger on the enemy across the way. Why? Because they knew them. They saw them as for their humanity. And they could no longer go to battle with them. They were changed. A lot of Christmases has gone by for many of us. And Christmas can come and go without change. My prayer is that this is not one of them for you. You know what's interesting about that battle? That in four years, nearly 20 million lives were lost in World War I. But the battle lines, the fronts, the geography of it, it didn't really change that much. And yet a lot of people were lost. A lot of families were torn apart because they lost their loved ones. And that's just then, right? We can't relate at all to having some conflicts in our lives where the battle lines haven't really changed that much, huh? Maybe that little riff that's happened with that other family member, you know, the one you don't even like to say their name. I mean, how long has it been going on and the boundary lines haven't really changed? Maybe it's not a person. Maybe it's this conflict you have with God that God let you down, that he didn't answer the prayer when you want him to answer the prayer or how you want him to answer it. And so there's just been this conflict, but come on, how, have the boundary lines really changed that much? Has really, how long have you been in that conflict? Maybe it's something from your past, this thing, this this thing that like every time you think of it, like your stomach kind of turns into knots and you feel a little bit more lost and a little bit more alone and a little bit more dark and it hasn't really changed that much over time. How long does that have to go on? And so that day in history, 105 years ago, has gone down as what is called the Christmas Truce of 1914. True historical account. But my question is, what if we declared a Christmas truce of 2019? What if there were some things in your life that you didn't have to stay in that conflict? You didn't have to stay in that isolation. You didn't have to continue with the pain or the loss or the isolation. But you could declare a Christmas truce and this Christmas you could be changed forever. Is it possible? Is it possible, yes or no? But I understand that most of you didn't come to church today to be changed. You just didn't. You didn't come to church today to be changed. You came because you got a new Christmas sweater, or because the person sitting next to you made you come, or because there's a good Christmas meal after this, or because you come to church every Sunday and that's what you do, but like you're already thinking about three days from now. You didn't come to be changed. And here's that you don't have to be changed. You don't. It's your choice. That's what you have to own. It's your choice. I mean, you can hang on to the mediocre, go through the motions version of, Chris, of Christmas if you want to. Some of you, you don't attend church too often, but you're here today because it's Christmas. And you can hang on to that mediocre level of faith that you have. 
That thing that every now and then you feel some warm fuzziness, you know? You feel the presence of God during worship. You're like, oh, he's real. Like, you can hang on to that lukewarm, mediocre, on again, off again. Sometimes I feel it, sometimes I don't. You can hang on to that. Or this Christmas, you could open yourself to more. You could open yourself to the miracle that God shows you, that he loves you, that he's got plans for you. It's up to you. This Christmas, you could stay in conflict with those people that you love. Or you could choose a Christmas truce. But make no mistake about it. God has given you a superpower that if you grab hold of it, everything can change in a moment. You know what the superpower is, right? It's the power to choose. Look at somebody and say, you have the power to choose. And tell them, therefore, you have the power to change. So my prayer is that on this Christmas service, just a few days before, that we all get to change. And I want to read some verses of Scripture um, from Luke chapter 1. We're going to start there. Because when we really start to think about this, that Christmas is a time for miracles, we've, we've read the Christmas story hundreds of times. But it's cute, and it's like, oh, I like this part. But, like, do we really see the miracles? Here's, as I read these verses, I'm going to read a couple different passages. I want you to look for miracles. I want you to look for miracles that you've never seen before in the Christmas story. Like, oh my God, there's another one. There's another one. Like, make it a game. See if you can find miracles that I don't even mention this morning, okay? So we're going to read in Luke 1, starting verse 26. Are you ready? If so, say yes. Are you ready to be changed? If so, say yes. Oh, now I got you committed. Okay, let's do this. Luke 1, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Okay, now, let me stop there. Because that Elizabeth's pregnant and she's six months pregnant, as we'll read in a moment. That's the miracle before the Christmas story that sets up the miracle of the Christmas story. And literally the whole frame from how the story starts is in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. As if to say, we're already on a roll of miracles. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled. Everybody say, greatly troubled. (laughs) Some of you ladies are like, yes, she was greatly troubled. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is now in her sixth month. For no word of God, no word from God will ever fail. Everybody say it'll never fail. Say it'll never fail. Look at somebody say it'll never fail. And Mary responds, she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
Let's talk about some miracles. And I'm just going to rattle through some of these and stir our faith up a little bit. The first miracle I see is there. God sent messengers, a messenger, supernaturally to an unprepared person in an unanticipated way and on his own timetable. Um, She was an unmarried teenage girl living in a hillbilly town. Anybody proud, any proud hillbillies here, like from that hillbilly town? Come on now. She was living in a hillbilly town, like a nobody, right? She had no religious pedigree. She was not somebody that everybody was talking about. And God shows up and says, I chose you. If you're here today and you feel unqualified or unimportant or like a nobody, can I just tell you, God looks down out of heaven and says, that's my girl. That's my boy. I pick you. Now, it's interesting because the angel shows up and has this conversation with her, you know, reveals the plan of salvation. God, Jesus is going to come. Savior of the world. Kingdom will never end. And do you notice her response? Um, excuse me, you lost me at... I will conceive and give birth. What? She doesn't respond to any of that whole Jesus saving the Lord. She's like, um, but I'm not, I'm a virgin. Like, that's impossible. How many have some things in your life that seem impossible? Right? But can I tell you something? God doesn't really care about your excuses to keep him at arm's length. Because you, you have all kinds, a list of reasons of it's impossible or I'm not ready or I'm not prepared or uh, I'm not qualified or, or maybe you're here today because somebody drug you and you're like, I don't believe in all that supernatural stuff. Like miracle, he's talking about miracle, miracles don't happen anymore. There's just coincidences. And I would beg to differ that God still does miracles. And your excuses, although you think they might be good, to keep God's at arm's length, they're not going to be successful. He, in fact, uh, Randy, come here. Have a, come here, brother. <laughs> Help a brother out. Go ahead. Keep me at arm's length. Because he, he keeps me at arm's length, and he's like, but God's like approaching, and he's trying to hold me down, back, and he's making excuses, and he's saying, but I'm not worthy, and he's saying, I'm a nobody, and nobody knows my name, and he's doing this and backing off. But, like, God will not force you, right? He will not force love on you. But he is really persistent. He's going to be like, come on, let me love you, let me love you, let me love you. And if you ever calm down a, a, a toddler who's having a tantrum, and they're like, Wah! and then you get them, and you just hold them, and you hold them, and somehow love softens that tantrum, and it squeezes it right out of them. See, your excuses, thank you, Randy. Your excuses to keep God's, God at arm's length, they're not going to work. Like, I mean, they're just, they're not, he is chasing you down. He loves you too much. So you might as well give up. You might as well give in and just say, you know what, God, I'm going to let you love me. Because here's the thing. He loves you too much to let you miss out on his plan for your life. You can't mess it up. He loves you just the way you are, not the way you think you have to be. Or the way somebody else told you you had to be. The way, listen, some of you in this room... Your Christmas miracle is going to be that you let go of the the baggage that you have with organized religion or that one individual that said they love Jesus and they hurt you. They're not God. They are not your perfect heavenly father. And today your miracle could be letting that go and letting the love of God consume you. But you have to make a choice. 
Number two, God initiated his plan to save and rescue the world. He moved towards us. That's a miracle, people. He didn't have to send Jesus from heaven to earth. Jesus did not have to be born into that virgin girl and come to the earth. But God looked down from heaven and he saw lost, hurting, broken people who wanted hope, who wanted healing, who wanted joy and love, who who wanted to find a love that was so powerful that they could be loved just the way they are. That would accept them as they are, but not allow them to stay as they are. Some of y'all in here, you've been thinking about getting cleaned up for the new year. Really? You can't clean yourself up enough. You can't. But God today, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Maybe maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're just flat out too tired to move towards God. Can I just tell you? It's all right. He's going to move towards you. Maybe you've been in this Christian game for a while and you're feeling lately that it, all the talks kind of let you down and you're just tired of doing the right thing. You're tired of trying so hard. You're trying to, tired of trying to be good. Can I just tell you something? It's okay. You can be tired because God is going to move towards you and he's going to surround you with his love and a pure love, not a love based on what you do or don't do. It's not about that. He loves you. He accepts you. That's the miracle that he didn't wait for us to initiate it. He moved towards us. Now, this next miracle is the one that he prepared Mary for a miracle by doing a miracle before it. So Elizabeth, they said it is, she's old. And they said it is impossible for her to get pregnant. And yet she's in what month of her pregnancy? You are paying attention. She's in her sixth month. So the angel shows up and says, hey, just so you know, that impossible thing, that no, like, I mean, nobody thought that could happen. It's already happened. He said, that happened, so, I mean, what's the difference? I mean, pregnant in old age, pregnant as a virgin through the Holy Spirit. I mean, they're both miracles, right? But he built her faith for the next miracle with the one he already did. Can I tell you something? Every single one of you in this room, you have miracles that you have forgotten about that could build your faith for the miracle you need today. Because when God gets involved, the impossible becomes possible. In fact, close your eyes for a moment. Put your hand on your heart. I I would love for 100% of people to participate in this right now. Because we're going to remind you of your miracles. I want you to take a deep breath. Take another deep breath and feel your beating heart. And as you're feeling your beating heart, I want you to realize that the very fact you're sitting here, you are a miracle. Feel that heart beating. Scientists can't do that. We can't manage. You are a miracle, the miracle of life, that beating heart that God gave you. You are a walking, talking, breathing miracle. And although life has not been easy, 
up to this point, the fact that you're sitting here right now, breathe in and just thank God for that beating heart that makes you a miracle. Come on, just take a deep breath. And now I want you to think of something in your life that happened that is beyond explanation. Like nobody could explain it. The doctor couldn't explain it maybe. Your family couldn't explain it maybe. You couldn't explain it. It, There was no natural reason that this thing happened. Maybe you avoided something or you had an opportunity, but there's something that's happened in your life that was beyond any natural explanation. Can we call that a miracle today even if you don't believe in the supernatural? And just take a deep breath and smile and thank God for that thing that you just thought of. Because that's a miracle that's happened in your life. Take a deep breath and thank Him. I want you to think of something in your life that is a coincidence that has occurred in your life. Like you didn't set it up, you didn't create it, somebody didn't schedule it. But something happened and maybe you met somebody just because you showed up at the right place. Or maybe you avoided an accident because you were supposed to be there and then something happened and you avoided that. But it's a coincidence that there's no other explanation. It just happened and now today, maybe it's the love of your life. Maybe it's the career you already, always hoped for. Maybe it's that opportunity you can't, you're not even smart enough to get, but you had it because of a coincidence. Let's call that a miracle too and take a deep breath and just thank God. Come on, put a smile on your face and realize it's a miracle. And then lastly, I want you to think of this. Think of something that was a blessing in your life that you did not deserve that you did not earn, but it's a blessing that came into your life. And there's no other explanation, but God himself poured it into your life. Come on, breathe into that miracle beating heart and thank God that miracles have already happened in your life, that he has been preparing you for the miracle today by the miracles that have been happening in your life already. And I want you to say this, say, I choose to believe. And miracles. If he's done it before, he can do it again. I choose to believe in miracles. I choose to believe in my miracle. Amen. Anybody find some miracles? Is anybody's faith stirred up right now? Because you are a walking, talking, breathing miracle. And anytime you need faith for the next one, just go back and rehearse what he's already done. Because he loves you. Because he chose you. And think about this. Another miracle. A terrified woman. She was greatly troubled. We could paraphrase that, I think. She was freaked out. Right? She didn't know what to do. But a terrified woman went from being terrified and greatly troubled and confused to a woman filled with faith. And when she started in the beginning of that passage, then at the end she said, okay, God, whatever you say, be it to me just as you said. And here's the thing, guys. I know some of you are sitting in here and you're scared to open yourself up to God. It's okay. We're all scared. Just some of us cover it better than others. Look at somebody and say, you scared. And all God needs is you to open yourself just a little bit to his love. To realize you don't have to be perfect. That you don't have to be brave all the time. But all you have to do is open yourself up. To say, okay God, what do you want to do? 
and realizing all the time that God chose you. Let me read these verses and then we'll kind of bring it around to another piece. Luke 2, verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Miracles. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. The the shepherds, they were the lowest of the low in society, right? Again, nobodies. Isn't this interesting? Isn't there a theme here that God keeps selecting, hand-picking the unexpected. So if you feel unseen, if you feel like, like you feel like you're invisible in a room, can I tell you something? God sees you. Not only does he see you, he loves you, he values you. He looked down out of heaven and said, that's some of my best work right there. He cares about you. And these nobody shepherds were the first to be chosen, to hear the good news, to be carriers of that. And see, we've got to realize that God doesn't look at what people look at, right? He doesn't look at the outward stuff. He looks at the heart. And every single one of you in this room, from the front row to the back row, in fact, some of you all in the back row, I think he picked you a little bit more. He loves you just a little extra. What's up, Landon? Good to see you, brother. Landon, God loves you, man. No, that's not Landon. <laughs> I just called Micaiah Landon. It's kind of dark in the shadows back there, Micaiah. Micaiah, God loves you, bro. Every single one of you, God chose you, and he loves you. And we've got to make a decision. See, the, the shepherds, right after that, the angels show up and all this, and then it says, the heavenly host showed up, and it says, when the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. Everybody say, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has been told, which the Lord has told us about. Right there in the moment, angels showed up, fear shattered, good news was given, peace was made available, favor was unleashed, and the disciple, or the shepherds could have been like, wow, that was cool. If you were here last week, they could have been like, uh, Zach, be like, hold on, I need to get a selfie of the moment. But they made a decision. Everybody said they chose. They, cho- they said, let's go and see what God has done. Listen, every single one of you, the love of God is available to you. The goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the miracle that you need today is available to you. But you've got to say, let's go. You've got to say, I am willing to play my part. I'm willing to respond to the love of God. Because if you don't respond, the love is available, but it's not received. It's like that present on the Christmas tree that's beautiful, but you never unwrap it. If you never unwrap it, do you receive it? Yes or no? No. The love of God is available to you if you choose. There are miracles available to you. Christmas, this season, it's not just a time to remember the reason for the season To sing Christmas carols, Christmas is a time of miracles. And every single one of you in this room, you need a miracle. Some of it's a family restoration. Maybe it's a financial provision. Maybe it's healing for a heart 
that's been wounded because somebody you love hurt you. Maybe you had loss in this past year. You lost someone you love and your heart's been mourning and you need healing for your mourning heart. Maybe Christmas is a hard time and you're dealing with depression and heaviness. Can I tell you, whatever miracle you need, it's available to you today. Why? Because he picked you. Because he loves you. And all he wants is for you to respond. Now, we kind of walked through the Christmas story a little bit, and there's all kinds of miracles in that first Christmas in the first century. But does anybody ever have a disconnect with, like, that happened way back then, but what about today? I might be the only one. I don't know. How about a, a, a miracle in our century? What does this look like in real life? I'm going to ask Sean and Becky to come up here and join me. And uh, they've got a Christmas miracle. And I want them to share what a Christmas miracle can look like for you. Their miracle is not going to be your miracle. Well, I take that back. Some of you, you're going to hear this and you're going to get the same exact kind of miracle in your Christmas this year. It's going to happen for somebody. But some of you just need to have your face stirred, just like we did with this story in the Christmas story. Come on up here a little closer with me. So guys, tell our family here, what, what did your Christmas miracle look like? Um, yeah, this, we definitely needed a Christmas miracle. Um, but it started back, you know, Sean and I started dating, and um, we met at the club. And we were, <laughs> it's a great story to tell the kids. Um, we weren't living. It wasn't a Christian club either. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no we fun. weren't living for Christ at all. Um, and then I had um, some things going on with my family, and I really started um, just feeling that desire, that need, that hole in my life that I needed um, God to fill. And so I started to look for a church, even though we were doing all kinds of stuff we shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, and so I uh, came to Bethel, and um, I was just so thankful to um, be a part right away to, to, feel, to feel that love and that connection. And um, I invited Sean, and, and he was like, sure, you know. And so we came to church, and it was, it was one of those things that we would, yeah, this was a really good church when we were ready, when we were ready to be saved. I was loving my sin. <laughs> <laughs> he was enjoying it. So, um, so I ended up coming to a service on a Wednesday night, and um, I, I gave my life to Christ. And... Um, it just full out, like, you know, I, I want to be 110% for God. And so I came back to my apartment, and you said you came over. I think you were already there. But uh, I walked in, and uh, I was like, I, I've rededicated my life. Uh, I want to live for the Lord. And, and Sean was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Do you know what this means? <laughs> you know, so, um, so we broke up. And um, I continued into, I got into a Bible study um, with some ladies here at Bethel. And um, we, we talked a little bit, like emails maybe occasionally. Um, 
And I just kept telling him I was praying for him. And really, God had released me from that relationship because I was focused on what God had for me in that time. And um, it was in that small group. We were praying for Sean, um, praying for my family and some of the things that they were going through. And then um, Sean, he promised me a mattress. (laughs) And so we were broke up, but he still was like, the the mattress took forever to come in. And, and, you know, God, he... it, yeah, it was a coincidence. Um, but we were broke up during the time that the mattress had come. And so Sean brings the mattress. And uh, and I just, do you want to share that part? Um, so, yeah, it, it was crazy. So I called her and was like, um, do you still want it? And she's like, eh, that's all on you. You know, you don't have to do this because we weren't together or whatever. So I was like, well, I promised it, so I'll, I'll bring it through. And so I get there, and uh, she's, she just starts going in talking about, I've been praying for you, and, um, you know, God has a lot of promises for you, and you just haven't, you don't realize your potential. And like I was telling them, you know, my mom always said she prayed for me, and that was just like, yeah, whatever, for to be saved, you know, to give my life back to God. Uh, never had anyone told me that, I had potential, and I wasn't living in it because I wasn't following God, and she did that. Wow. And so prior to that, God was dealing with me. So that just kind of was another confirmation from God. So anyway, but two weeks after that, a week after that, um, I ended up giving my life back to God. So that helped lead me to my salvation. And... So, um, so then we're both, you know, on this spiritual high, and God is first, and we're just, you know, cra- crazy in love and stuff. And so I'm like, I want you to meet my family, my parents and stuff. And, you know, he's like, well, um, do, they, do they know about me? And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling them all about you, about how you love God, and you're so good to me, and we both live in for Christ and going to church. And he goes, I'm from Corbin, Kentucky. And so Sean's like, yeah, but do they, do they know about me, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, that don't matter. Like, I wasn't raised that way. Like, that doesn't matter. Well, I soon found out it did matter. Um, but not to God. And so we, uh, we stood in faith, and we prayed that our, um, my parents would be saved um, that they would see us for who we are and see us how God sees us and that they would be at our, our wedding one day. And so Sean proposed and we were still standing on that and um, we were still believing that they would be at our wedding. And um, I sat down and told my dad, you know, that Sean had proposed and we wanted their blessing. And of course, that was not going to happen. Mm. Um, so we continued just to have faith. And um, and we got married. Uh, so they <laughs> they didn't come to the wedding. And um, at that point, um, Becky handled it very well as far as having peace about it. Uh, I know it was very hurtful, but we still held on to God. And that was in July. 
And during that time, we was in a small group. Uh, we actually had one at our house. And um, we stood on faith. People around us prayed. And uh, even when our family was like, you know, sometimes people just never change. You, you can't change that. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so you're just going to have to live with the fact that they're, they're not going to change. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, family was like, well, maybe once y'all have kids, they'll change mm-hmm. for the grandkids. And we was like, we don't want that. You know, we want them to change because they accept me for who I am, you know, mm-hmm. and not the way I, my color, my skin. And so we had faith on that. We prayed and believed. And then uh, Christmas comes on November yeah. Well, right before, so I had went to my parents, and again, my parents were going through a really, really hard time, and just a dark time. Um, nothing to do with us, their own stuff. But I had went to my family, because Sean was like, I am not going to Corbin unless they say I can come. And so I go to my mom, and I'm like, look, we really want to come home for Christmas. And, um, and she's like, well, whatever your dad says. Have y'all ever got that? <laughs> whatever dad says. And uh, so then I go to my dad, and my dad, um, just to kind of give you an idea of where he was, my dad was like, well, y'all can come because I may not even be here. And so, so I tell Sean, I'm like, oh, there's my yes, you know, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> and so I tell Sean they said that we could come. And so we prayed, we sowed seed, um, we had other people around us praying and believing, and we came to church. And... Um, pastor was preaching about the dead bones and having a tangible presence of God on your life and that he prayed over us that we would take that with us um, as we went to uh, families and friends and through the holidays. And so we received that word. We chose to receive that word. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and so we went and as soon as we walked into the doors, and, and I mean, we've been married five months at this point, and they've never met my husband. And we've been dating for three years. And we dated three years before we got married. So we go, and as soon as we walk in, all hell breaks loose in my parents' house. They did not want us there. Um, at least that's what it looked like. I mean, um, my dad threw a fit and walked out. Sean got scared. <laughs> he went in the back room, played video games with my nephew. <laughs> and so um, my mom and my sisters and I, for some reason, we were all gathering in my mom's bathroom. I guess that's what women do. And, I, you know, and I'm just like, you know, it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll go home. Like, we love you guys. You said we could come, so we came. But it's, we'll go home. And, again, that's a miracle because... Mm-hmm. You know, that's God's love, unconditional, um, unrestrained love. It wasn't me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the whole time, my mom's crying. She's mad at my dad. You know, my sisters are looking at me like you've ruined Christmas. And I'm like, we'll, we'll leave. We love you guys. We'll, we'll go. And then my, da- my dad walks in. And it's cold. I mean, it's, it's Christmas time. And my dad walks in, and he goes to the back. And we're all like, what's he doing? And he goes to Sean, he's like, you, come with me. And um, 
So uh, we're walking out, and I'm walking behind this guy, and I'm like, man. Everybody's like, this is juicy. This is getting good. <laughs> what, what Everybody said, Christmas miracle. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. The whole time I'm like, Lord, you got you to gotta take over. You got to take over, you know. And so he opens up the door, and we're walking out, and it was snowing. And uh, he, like, kind of walks up on me real fast, and uh, and I'm just sitting there looking at him, and then he just falls back, and uh, he's like, and I've, I still to this point have never said nothing to this guy. This is like our first time, and this is the first time he speaks to me, and he is like, this is, he is like, I haven't been to church in a long time, and uh, I know when God is, the Spirit of God is on me. And right now it's on me and it's telling me that this is not about you being black or me being white. This is about me not being the man of God I'm supposed to be. And and, uh, I haven't been a father. I haven't been a good husband. And when we get to heaven, it's not going to be a black or white heaven. We're going to be together. And I'm just standing there like, what what does this mean? (laughs) And so he, he, he goes through this kind of confession and uh he looks at me he's like can you forgive me and it, god just spoke to him and it's like i forgave you a long time ago mm. and he just starts breaking down crying and he's like i can't believe you've forgiven me and i was like yeah man i i, I have nothing against you and he comes and he gives me this hug and he's like i, I just can't believe this and uh mm. he straightens up and he opens the door, and he's like, Alice, he's like, Becky, y'all, so they all come in the kitchen, it was a kitchen, right, and uh, he's like, let's welcome my son-in-law into our house, Mm. and uh, that's been, I mean, 13 years ago, Um, but that's truly a miracle, we had nothing to do with that other than pray, believe, uh, and stand strong on, on God. We received uh, a word over us that changed our life and brought a miracle in our life. Yeah, and you know, when we, had, when we got married and we were believing that, you know, my family would be saved and they would love us and, and all that, you know, that didn't, it, it was one of those things where we got married and they weren't there. Mm-hmm. But then God showed up, you know, and... It was a miracle, and now my parents are at church with my family, and that's a miracle. And it was all about having that, when Pastor prayed, and I'll never forget it, he was talking about having that tangible presence of God on you. You won't have to plan it, you won't have to um, script it, just being the the loving, um, just having that presence of God on you will change your situation. It will bring miracles. So, uh, you know, you was just talking about uh, how um, when um, the, uh, the snowball of miracles, yeah. and we always prayed that they would accept us before we had kids. Well, um, Becky had a miscarriage the first time we tried to have kids. And we was told we would never have kids, that it was impossible. 
and now we're blessed with two daughters. So that miracle snowballed into the blessing of our children as well. So. You guys are awesome. Everybody say Christmas miracle. Now, whatever you do, don't take anything they did and apply that in your own life for your own miracle. (laughs) Did it happen when you wanted it to? How you wanted it to? Like, oh, like you come with me and then like getting up in your grill? Like, come on. Scared playing video games? Did they show up at the wedding? No. But was God faithful to do everything he said he would do? So I don't know what your miracle is, but I know God's a miracle working God. And I know that we are in a season that historically miracles be happening all over the place and you can choose to have faith. You can, maybe there's a miracle you've been standing for a whole lot of Christmases, but stand again. Don't. If God has given you a promise and it has not happened yet, he's not done. His promises are yes and amen. He'll do it every single time. Maybe you need to declare a, a Christmas truce, kind of like they did. I mean, Becky standing in the, the bathroom with family and giving them love. Unconditional. I mean, can you imagine the circumstances and yet Becky's able to say, we love you, we'll just leave, we're okay. That's, that's a miracle. And that's the power of you choosing peace and you choosing love. Maybe you need to be that person, but you don't have to be right. You don't have to be apologized to, but you can just be love. Maybe... You've been keeping God at arm's length for so long, and your Christmas miracle is you're going to let him in again. You're going to say, God, I'm not perfect either, and uh, I know that you love me unconditionally, and you're going to open your heart to let him in. Maybe that's your Christmas miracle. Maybe there's things from the past that you've disqualified yourself, and this is the Christmas that you allow God to cover your past and receive the love of God, and you give your life to him. Maybe there's other things that I'm not naming, but you know. Go ahead, nod. Do you know what your Christmas miracle is? Just nod your head if you know what it is. So you know. And there's these verses. See, Jesus wasn't just born into that manger. He came, he lived a perfect life, and he went to the cross for the penalty of our sins. And see, when he hung on the cross, our sins had to be punished. That's the law. They had to be punished. But Jesus was the perfect, sinless sacrifice. So when he hung on the cross once and for all and he said, it is finished, sin and death lost lost their hold on you. No more hold, no more power because Jesus paid the price. And there's these verses in 2 Corinthians 5. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us. Everybody say he gave me. He gave us the ministry 
of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the same message of reconciliation. This is the year for your Christmas truce, for your Christmas miracle, for love to win, for grace to win. And you can see a miracle like this, and you can hear the miracles of the Christmas story, and you can say, that's nice, and walk away. Or you can hear a story like that and hear the truth of the Scripture and see all these miracles and say, let's go. I choose to respond to God. I choose to believe. I choose to stand. I choose to let go. I choose to open my heart again. You can choose. 